Actually, wait, let me flip my phone over because my phone's screen is dirty. Doesn't matter. You Apple people are dirty. It's fine. Doing the podcast, Greg. It's the end of the year, mm-hmm. twenty eighteen. It's been a long year. Do you, know, you know Black Panther came out this year? That for some reason, that for some reason just boggles my mind. It feels like it came out three years ago. Yeah, it does. Does seem weird. That was a while ago. It, you and I went and saw that together, and it literally feels like the the place that we went to eat after. Oh we yeah, went to Black Panther mm-hmm. no longer is there. Yeah, they closed it. It just feels like it's a long time ago. So, Greg, we're going to do the same thing that all other podcasts on the planet Earth do and talk about all of our favorite stuff from this year, whether it be programming stuff, whether it be cool tech gear. I know, because it was my idea. Of course, it's your idea. It's your, it's your favorite kind of podcast. I think oh, we're going to yeah. put a little bit of spin on it, though. We should do our worst of as well. I think that's going to be that's going to be where all the hot takes come from. It's going to be our, our best hashtag content. What do you think? I think so. I have a lot of worse. Greg, so we've got a list of a lot of our favorite things from this year. I think we're just going to talk about them. Okay. Greg, what is one, one of your favorite things from this year? Destiny. Destiny. What, what made De- Destiny 2 specifically, right? Uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken. For Forsaken sure. specifically. Mm-hmm. Forsaken, did Destiny 2 also come out this year? Both Destiny 2 and Forsaken both came out this year, right? No, Destiny Forsaken it was like the year, the year mark. It came out September 6, 2017. Okay, so Forsaken came out this year. Yeah. And that was in September as well? I think so. What was so awesome about Forsaken? I mean, they just, they changed a lot of things in the game that made it more fun to play. There's more to do more things to like keep you busy in a given week. Did they add a battle royale like everyone else did in 2018? Not really. I mean, no, they have this thing called mayhem, which is kind of like that where it's six V six, but it's not really, um, it's not battle royale. Hmm. It's just like, or no, it's not, no, it's not mayhem. It's rumble. Forsaken kind of came out a little bit before it became trendy to have Battle Royale, right? Like, Fortnite was a thing. Fortnite's been a thing. No, Fortnite and all that came out way before. Right, but... Second came out. But things like when Call of Duty came out with a Battle Royale. I mean, I think no it was... campaign mode. It was Fortnite. Fortnite's the one that... I mean, but people played... Um, what's the other one? PUBG. PUBG. People played PUBG, but I think Fortnite really did it. Well, I think when, when Call of Duty is like... Hey, we're gonna have battle royale now. It becomes like kind of mainstream, right? Fortnite yeah. was always kind of a, a I won't say like a little kids game, but it was never it was never at the level of a AAA title like Call of Duty. And so when Call of Duty comes out with that kind of battle royale, then it kind of legitimizes it, and makes it makes people go, "Oh, this is a thing that people do in video games." I mean, I would argue that more people were playing and are still playing Fortnite than Call of Duty. That 
actually may be true. I think it. Call of Duty hasn't been yeah, out that Fortnite long. Fortnite is the number one featured game. I mean, are we counting phones as well? I don't. I don't know about phones. It's the number one streaming thing on Twitch right now. Is Fortnite, then League of Legends, then this thing called Just Chatting. I don't know what that's about. Oh dear, I don't know if I want to jump down. No, and then you don't even. And then Call of Duty Black Ops is beyond FIFA, beyond Counter Strike, beyond Super Smash Brothers, beyond Street Fighter, Hearthstone. It's like. Eighth, ninth. This is in streaming or in terms of money? Current people streaming it. Isn't that usually how they base it? Well, I mean, if I'm a game developer, I'm thinking about money, but. Well, I don't know. In but, the consciousness of the gaming public, I think you're right. I mean, Fortnite's number one. Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which isn't completely Battle Royale, is 10th, is, uh, I think. And then Battlegrounds is four beyond that. Overwatch is even farther back. World of Warcraft's pretty far back. I don't even see Destiny right now. Those probably skew towards newer games though, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's whatever people are playing. And yeah. Destiny. Okay, so it doesn't have Battle Royale, but it has something close. It has more stuff for you to do. Did the, the weekly system, is that something that's new in Forsaken? No, they had that, but now they have more things to do per week. Are they more different things to do or is it just more? It's just more of the same kind of stuff, but more things to accomplish in a given week to get good gear. Mm. It just, I don't know. It just made it a lot more fun to play. It's more, um, there's more to do. There's more things to like keep you engaged. Uh, there's, there's kind of the same amount of weapons. I would say like you still end up only using the same certain weapons Mm. over and over again. But it, I don't know. It's just generally more fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I had a chance to play a little bit of it. I kind of maybe fell behind quite a bit to the point where I wouldn't be fun to play with anymore. But the amount of time I spent on it, I did enjoy it. It does look really, really good. Yeah, it looks Probably really... one of the better looking games uh, visually. Yeah, with the most recent patch, um, I think they did something to improve the graphics and it looks mm. even smoother and more clear now. Very nice. Mm, interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to fire that up. Yeah, so go check that out if you're a game person. If you've heard about it and you haven't, Greg says it's the best game of the year, so you should definitely go check it out. I never said it was the best game of the year. It is his favorite game of the year. <laughs> I said it's my favorite game. It is his. But that I've been he's playing. implying something by putting it on the best of 2018 list. No, I mean, just, I, haven't even, I haven't even played Red Dead and... I would say that's probably best game of the year. Yeah, but you're you're making a stand on Red Dead though. You're you're taking a stance. You're saying that's my hot take because I haven't played it. Right? Is that how it works? <laughs> no. It's not. Oh. A hot take, like you know, you don't. You're just saying oh. I'm so sure of it that I don't even haven't even played it. I just know it's good. No, a hot take is um, the new Apple MacBooks are the worst laptops ever. In his, Does it have to be history. bad? Cause it's not inflammatory if it's not bad. I mean, but, <laughs> but when you're saying that Red Dead is a better game than every other game and you haven't even played it, it's kind of inflammatory because you, you're just assuming. Uh, you're, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. I, I appreciate hmm. the effort you're putting into putting these hot takes. Yeah. No, but you're taking a stand on Red Dead, right? You're, you're saying you're not going to purchase it until it is on PC, PC right? until I can play it in 4K. Yeah. Big screen. Big little monitor screen, 4K. I mean, computer. what do you think is going to happen first, though? It's going to come out on PC or you're going to buy a 4K TV? I'm not going to buy a 4K TV. You're never going to buy a 4K TV? I don't need one, no. Ever? 
No, I'll just spend more money on a nice gaming monitor. I don't play games on TVs. I only watch TV on TVs and I don't watch TV, so I don't need one. You know, there's a lot of 4K content on Netflix these days. I don't right? watch TV. You don't watch any TV? Not really, no. Not unless I'm like, I have nothing else to do. Unacceptable, Greg. I mean, I watched, I mean, I think the last thing that I've watched on TV was we were watching Limitless. The show or the movie? The show. The show I heard was garbage. Yeah, but that's what we're watching. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seems like the concept of Limitless would actually work better as a TV show, but I think it's just poorly written. The actor is not as compelling and just a lot of things going on there. So, Yeah, the actor is not, he, he's not bad, but he's not great. The Some of the like reasoning or character motivations are pretty bad. And then all of a sudden you have Bradley Cooper in it and you're like, hmm, he looks. But he doesn't play he, he's himself. Like an, he plays he, someone else. He plays the character from the movie. He plays his character from the movie? Yeah, but it's later in the life of that character. So it's like a prequel. No, it's a sequel. It's a sequel because but he's it's still after in it as himself. Yeah, after he learns how the limitless drug works and then he has to like he learns how to control it from killing him. Mm. Then he basically is running for senate in the in the show. Speaking wants to be a senator. I don't know, it's a stupid show. Wow. That's a pretty dumb plot. That's that's a terrible show. Yeah. I'm just imagining like the way I'm understanding this is like this. It sounds like how Matt Damon and Jeremy Renner would end up in you know, like a Jason Bourne death match at the end of like the sixth or seventh Jason Bourne movie. So I mean, way that maybe. Go, right? But they just instead of having like six or seven good movies before it, they just have one good movie and then like a really bad TV show. Mm, it's terrible. So what other takes? What other takes do you have? What other takes? Should we, should we switch to the bad takes? Should we take the, the worst of 2018? Well, I want to hear more of your picks of the year. My picks? Like what are the, what are the other things well, that you love? The other things year? that stood out to me this year is I am fully into the Philips Hue ecosystem. I love my Philips Hue stuff. Well, you're kind of the one that got me on. Well, you, you started before I did. But you had been talking to me about how you wanted it. I had been talking to you about how I wanted it. Yeah. And then we were both fortunate enough to receive uh, Google Home Minis as a office Christmas yeah. gift at the end of last year. Yeah. And that was the catalyst for me because I finally had my dream of I can talk to my light bulbs. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen the movie Demolition Man several times. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted really badly to be like Wesley Snipes when he changes the command word to illuminate. Do you remember the, the, there was one, I think it was black mirror. There was the one episode where the, it was recent too, where the, there was like the starship enterprise like one. Yeah. That was in the most recent season. It was the first episode of the most recent season. Yeah. So you remember when the guy was walk or I think it was the guy. Yeah. He was walking around his house and all the lights were just turning they on. Were wherever he went. Yes. That's the dream. I wanted to do that. My girlfriend told me no. <laughs> my house has lights in every single room. You wanted the, the motion sensors. I just wanted like to order like 12 motion sensors. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even want the motion sensors. I wanted to track my watch. That, that's pretty good too. Cause the motion sensors, my cat would like set off every light all day. The thing about the watch is that the proximity of where it would be like my, my living arrangement right now is not that large. Yeah, everything would just turn on, right? Everything would just turn on. I mean, same in my place. I think there'd be like a difference between like the back of the house where I play all the games and the front of the house where yeah. we watch a lot of TV. Yeah. There'd be the difference there, but 
I don't know. The motion sensors would have been cool because I wanted to be able to like walk from room to room to room and just have the lights turn on. And then when I leave, they turn off. They like turn off. Yes. The leaving when they having the lights turn off when I leave a room and then turn on when I get to the next room. That is yeah. the singularity. That is the dream. That's for what me. I wanted. Yeah. I was over overruled, but I did, I did get lights everywhere except for, I basically just kept buying them when they were on sale. So like mm. the initial kit that I got, I mean, it's kind of a take for this year cause I've used it a lot this year, but what's well, your take? But like it, it's, I agree with it because there was, I, I bought the stuff during like black Friday slash Christmas of last year, yep. but then I didn't really get to live with them and much until this year. Yeah. But since then I've like automated everything. Yeah. I'm at that point too. I've got, I've got almost all of the lights in my apartment set up so I can talk to them, yeah. which is great. I have the, also the, the harmony hub so I can talk to my TV now as well. Yeah. I can just say the a word with that ends in a, and then I could be like, Hey, turn on the app. I don't know who's listening to this with, with one of those, but, um, I can just say like, Hey, turn on the TV or Hey, turn on movie mode. And then, it kind of just does everything. Yeah. It's really cool. I have all that set up too. So I, when I watch TV, I say, hey, hey, lady tube. I've heard it referred to as a lady tube. Mm, that's a better way to do it than the A that ends in an A. Or a dingus. Dingus. I've heard that one. Hey, dingus. Hey, dingus. Uh, yeah, so I have a, hey, dingus, turn on the TV. Turns on the TV, sets all the, the, the inputs and things on the TV correctly. It lowers the lights mm-hmm. to like a TV watching level. That's super oh, nice. Trying, what are you trying to do right now? <laughs> and it's, just, it's just really nice. It's yeah. Super romance mode. Super nice. Romance setup. mode on. I can even have everything. This is my favorite thing. So I get home from work. My apartment knows that I'm home because it tracks my Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And when my Wi-Fi connects, it turns on. That's the, the thing lights. I like about Google is that it attracts your Wi-Fi, not the phone's location, right? Exactly. See, come on, man. Google's exactly. just killing it. Like okay. the Apple one, it's based on location, which is always wrong. Always wrong. Or it's proximity to your home hub, which is your Apple TV. Yeah. Wrong too. Wrong too. And then the Philips Hue one is based on location because granted yeah. they don't own the hardware, so they have to do that, but it doesn't work. So mine no. stopped working, but go on. No. I like that. That's, that's so good, I get good home, win, Google. I literally open the door and all my lights are on, that's but cool. they've been off all day. They don't turn on until I get home. Yeah. And I walk in and I say, hey, lady tube, play Kim's Convenience on TV. Was that, what is that? It's a show. Oh, okay. No, that's cool too. How it, cause you have a Chromecast. I have a Chromecast. Ah, see. So So it ties into the actual shows. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I have the Chromecast. I say, Hey, play this TV show on, on TV. So it turns my TV on. Wow. It turns my home theater setup on. Sets all the inputs correctly, right? Sets it to the Chromecast. Yeah, cause the Harmony's dope. I have have one of those. Right. Yeah. It sets the lights to TV watching time lights. Mm Mm-hmm. It goes and connects the Netflix to the Chromecast, goes and finds the show, streams it to the thing, and I don't have to touch a single remote. Wow. I don't have to do anything. I just sit on the couch. Where's the Netflix coming from? Is it coming from your phone? It's connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah, the Chromecasts are weird because like you don't actually log into the stuff. No, the Chromecast is actually connected to the internet. It's going on the internet and getting it. Yeah, that's cool. So it's the Chromecast system is very good. So the Chromecast, the Philips Hue, the Harmony Hub. We'll have links for all that stuff in the show notes. But the the whole smart home stuff is yeah. fantastic. I mean, it I even have like a life changing. 
I have some of the the hard switches for certain lights that don't have the bulbs. So like my patio, I can just say, hey, Dingus, turn on the patio and it does it. Um, We have like a couple lamps in the living room. Well, one lamp is from Ikea. They have their, so one thing to talk about is like all the different companies have their own system for controlling smart devices. And then on top of that, there's like the Amazon A with an A system where like works with A with A. And then there's the works with HomeKit. I know you're not an Apple person, but the Apple stuff is pretty good sometimes, most of the time. But they have the works with HomeKit stuff. But then the two of those things don't talk, which was the most annoying thing. Doesn't make any sense. Because I use the, because when I bought, uh, well, I actually got most of the A with an A stuff, um, like for free from various ways. The only one I think I've bought is the taller canister, the original big one, but like the little, the little puck ones are given a lot as gifts and stuff around the holidays. And, um, my girlfriend won the, the screen one, the echo show, uh, when she was at like an event for her Mm. job. So we have like the whole house is a with an aid. Um, but then like I have iPhones and I have Apple tablets and even my computer, like, um, if you're running 10.7 or whatever it is, the new OS, you can run the HomeKit app on your computer. Like if you're sitting in your office, mm. you can control the lights. But like all those things don't talk. So you set up themes on Philips Hue or you set up themes on Apple or A with an A and they don't link, which is kind of annoying. That doesn't make any sense. The good thing about the, the, the Google Home stuff is that it's very open and you can set up all of your routines you can set up all your scenes and everything directly either in the google home app itself or you can get down into like the philips hue app and set up scenes there but then you can also control those scenes from google home yeah the google home integrations i mean there's no like comparison but obviously they have a better backend yes it's cool like they actually know what you're saying when you say stuff to them well not even i don't yeah the the voice assistant google voice is no like by far the best voice yeah because they use all the intelligence they have from google search like Mm -hmm. the the actual text analysis that they had for figuring you know how whenever you search for the weirdest thing on google and you're like not that i'm feeling lucky but you're like just search and it actually finds what you want. Yep. They've been using the 10 years of processing that text to figure out how to make the voice assistant actually work without even knowing it. Cause they yep. had all the data, they had all the parsing, they had all the sentence intelligence and stuff before they even made Google home. Yep. But yeah, it works the best. But one thing I've noticed too, is not only does that part work really well, their actual APIs within the Android SDKs and stuff, the way that everything links together, the apps link to the Google at home, like internally through all their APIs and stuff seems to be really good too. So like apps that are on an Android phone can tie directly into the Google homes APIs, but not like through like a sidecar connection between the two apps and the Mm -hmm. Google home. Like it just, you can access Android or, um, Philips Hue scenes because they make the Philips Hue scenes available as an API access through the apps to the Google home and vice versa or whatever. Like that part's even smarter. Um, and on top of that, their apps are really good. Like when I set up the Google home for like a minute, even though I have the A with an A's and I didn't really use the Google home, it was the easiest setup I've ever seen. I just like, it kind of like figured out where all the lights were. And I, 
think I had to was just all I had to do was associate the lights with the room name. Yeah. And then they kind of build these scenes like the, the predictive part of Google is really good because they build the scenes around the rooms. So yeah. if you put two things in the same room, they're like, hey, do you want to make a TV mode? Because there's a TV and lights in the same room. Like they do all that stuff. Yeah, because they can figure out where the lights are uh, like in physical space next to each other. Right. So if you have like in my apartment, I have uh, a set of three overhead lights that basically lights the living room and the basically the entire living room and, and like part a of the kitchen. dining room kind yeah of area sort there, of yeah. area that's not even really big enough for a dining room but it, it figures that out as that plus a little side table lamp that i have next to the couch that's the quote-unquote living room mm-hmm. right so it can figure that out as a scene it knows where my tv is in relation to where those lights are and like so, the devices physically now, or you told it? No, it asked me. It said, "Hey, your TV. Like, do you want to set up a scene with your TV and your lights?" Yeah, because it kind of like, knew. That, how would like, you know that? Well, because you put the lights within a living room, and then like, yeah, yeah. But they have that intelligence. Like, whereas Apple doesn't. You have Apple to, definitely doesn't. And, and they it's don't closed, and it's yeah. expensive, and it doesn't work as well. Yeah, I mean, there's some some things that work pretty well, like the. When you say like, hey, dingus, like turn on the lights or turn on the scene, she usually understands you. But it's like because Apple's voice recognition is actually pretty good. It's just that before Siri shortcuts, because I know you're not really an Apple person, so you don't know how that works. But before Siri shortcuts came out, like there was a very, very small amount of things that Siri could actually do. It's not that she didn't understand you. She heard every word you said verbatim. She just doesn't know what to do with it. So you're like, hey, you know, turn on the lights in the room and the you know, like my bedroom and also the office. And yeah. in, it should be like, would you like me to search the internet for turning on all the here's, lights on my bedroom we- and the here's office? Here's a web search for yeah, bedrooms. But she knows what you said. Yeah. She just doesn't know what to do. Well, that's that's thankful to the good folks over at uh, Nuance. Sold them all that technology. Well, the Low technology works. Like technology the, is great. The voice part works. It's just they don't expand it well enough. And I think that they took a very interesting, probably a completely different discussion, but they took a really interesting choice with Siri shortcuts where you can kind of create your own shortcuts around actions that developers expose to you. And then those tie directly into uh, the ability to script and API your phone. Yeah. So they have like this really interesting way of thinking about it that in one way is like kind of a cop out. Cause they're like, Hey, let's just let the developers and the people figure out what they want to do. Whereas Google's like, we'll do that. But we we also know what they want to do because we're yeah. Google. Like, so I don't know. They're, they're, it's really interesting that the comparisons between the two, but I definitely agree that the, the smart home thing is definitely a best of the year because I mean, I remember when I used to do home audio before I did programming and, and, uh, this kind of work, you would pay a million dollars to have your HVAC controlled, to mm-hmm. have touch panels in every one of your rooms. Cause before then they didn't have touch panels. You could like, I'm talking like 15 years ago, they didn't have touch panels you could walk around your house with. Yeah. They were in, they were literally in the walls. In the wall. And there wasn't like a UI. Nope. Like an iPhone that was built. Nope. Someone had to make you that UI. It looked like a really, really bad CarPlay. Yeah. You know, some of them varied in how they looked, but you know, each like company who installed those like Crestron or whatever systems, Savant systems would have like a way that something looked, 
but the system costs like a ton of money and it had to physically connect with serial ports to your lighting, to your Lutron lighting or, you know, your Honeywell air conditioning had yep. an RS-232 port you connected to and literally sent it RS-232 signals over a Cat5 cable and that's how you controlled your air conditioning. Which is nuts. Which is nuts. But then now it's like you pay, you know, I think it was 140 bucks and you get uh, the Echo Bee or the Nest and like it communicates over Wi-Fi to like a server, tracks your, you know, tracks your, your energy usage over the year for you and gives you this nice chart and you can control your lights from dingus. Yep. It's actually funny that you mentioned the Nest, Greg, because there's a fun story. Remember how a while back I asked my apartment uh-huh. managing company if I could install a Nest on my Yeah, own. and they and told they, you no. They told me no. Yeah. Guess what they came and installed a couple of weeks ago in my apartment? A Nest. It took them all of 45 seconds to do it. I haven't really gone and set it up, but um, yeah, it's it, it makes perfect sense to have that sort of thing set up in your home because you know, everything that you would need a thermostat to do, you want to do it. It also saves money. It saves money. I mean, and and they're trying to be like a lead building, you know, the LED with like the low energy Mm -hmm. and all that. I'm sure they are because Santa Monica loves that. But, you know, they're trying to like lower the cost of each unit's electricity use because then they get like better benefits from the city and stuff like that. So like it makes perfect sense. Um, But at the same time, like... You know, the one, the one integration that I found that isn't as good actually is the, is the Echo Bee. I don't know if this is the same for the Nest, but like it's one of the ones in the house that isn't as fun to use. Yeah. Like if you tell Siri, like, you know, can, uh, Hey Siri, set the temperature to 68 degrees. She didn't, she didn't pick it up. Uh, if, if you do that, you know, sometimes she'd be like, Oh, I turned on the heater. And you're like, well, I told you a specific temperature that I want. I want it to be exactly 74 degrees in here. I told you the exact temperature. Yeah. And instead it's like, oh, I turned the heater on. How, how can you not figure that out? Like, it's probably just the integration with the Echo Bee. Like she probably heard that I said 74 degrees and then she's like, and then Echo Bee just doesn't have that direct temperature control. But you could be like, they have the funny quirky ones because Apple always has the quirky ones. So they'll be like, Hey Siri, it's cold in here. And then she'll be like, cool, okay, I raised the heat for you or like whatever. But she'll do it by like a degree. Yeah. But you're like, you, what do you have to say? Like, hey Siri, my feet are literally freezing off my foot for her to raise it five degrees. Like she doesn't do it. She'll just raise it like a degree. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't but know. But that this goes back to my um, my whole house automation dream where everything's based on my watch. Yeah. My watch can raise my heart rate, can it? My watch should be able to know whether I'm cold or not, right? So the idea is eventually I don't ever have, I don't even have to talk, right? I walk around my house, lights turn on and off, right? Figures out if I'm cold or not, raises the temperature, lowers the temperature. I mean, but that's the dream of like Nest and Echobee is that they're like, well, we'll figure out what you, what you like and when you turn the air conditioning on. No, they don't. Like, it's kind of like, you know, you know, the Nest camera. Yeah, the camera. Yeah, the cameras, right? I didn't know they had the cameras. Is it Nest? No, not Nest. No, you're thinking Ring. No, no, no. The other ones, the Google ones. The Google camera? Yeah, they bought, isn't it Nest? They bought the company. They have cameras. Nest has cameras. I think so. Oh my God, I think so. Which one do I have? I don't know. I have you a have a camera? I have one Nest, in the living room. Though. Makes sense. It gotta be Nest. Yeah, it's a Nest. Oh man. Yes, it's Nest. What, you're driving me crazy. Like, you think I don't know? I don't know. You're making me like, what camera's in my house? I don't have cameras. Is it like a Chinese hacker? Like, what camera is it? I don't know. It's a super it's the, micro camera? Yeah, it's the Nest camera. So anyways... I have one of those and it's pretty cool. 
uh, I have it mainly for when I'm not home. It's facing like my front door. So I just want it like in the living room just to know what's going on in my house when I'm not home. Whatever. Every single 20 minutes, it's like person in your living room, motion in your living room. And then you look at the screen and it's just like a flash of light because there's a street in front of my house. It's a flash of light that goes across the front door and it's like person. How do you not know what a person is? And if I dismiss it every time, AI, buddy, just be like, oh, that's not a person. But mm-hmm. they don't do that. They don't do feedback. There's no like, was this actually a person? There's no machine learning. There's no machine learning. And I don't understand that. I know they bought Nest, so it's not like you can blame Google for it. The camera works really well, stays connected to the internet, yep. turns on and off when you leave and go to your home. Whenever I come home, it turns off most of the time. Occasionally it doesn't work, but... You know, it does, it does the, you're leaving, coming home. It does all that. The picture quality is pretty good. It just doesn't. And then they have like a more upgraded product that supposedly does better intelligence. But I'm like, if your base level product is so bad at intelligence of figuring out who's what, if there actually is a person in your house, I don't want to buy the better one. I don't want to double down on this thing. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. It's weird though, because, uh, this might be an Android thing, but my notifications, if I get notifications for a particular app all the time, and if I always clear them out Mm -hmm. without looking at them, eventually it'll ask me, hey, do you want me to keep sending you these notifications? But the thing is, if there actually is a person in my house, it will tell you. It'll be like, oh yeah, there's a person in the house. Uh, And I want to know that. So if I dismiss the warning, I'll never see it again. Well, it could be like, the how people interact with ads on Instagram. Hey, why do you not want me to show you this ad? Oh, it's because it's not a person. Yeah, but that that goes back to the intelligence. Like the actual notification of there's a person in your house should probably go to my phone. But I should be able to tell the the Nest app that was not a person. That should go exactly. back to the server and yeah. then tell the system to be yeah. Then you know up, upgraded to be better, do better. Hey Nest, call us. We'll build it for you. I, but the thing is, it's Google. They don't need us to build it for them. They should know. I just don't know. I don't know what it is about this acquisition of theirs. Like, I don't know if they actually have Googleified it. Maybe. It It was, was it pretty recent? Was it what, a year ago? Two years ago, maybe? It was like two years. It was a long time ago. It was like two. They were the first one to get bought. And then Ring got bought by Amazon. But, but that, that was, was this year. That was this year. That was just a few months ago. Yeah, but Nest was bought by Google. Really, they saw that it was a valuable product very yeah. early on. And they're like, we should buy that. But then they never increased the intelligence, which is literally what Google does. They sell facial recognition software to companies and governments. You know, they've got Taylor Swift. Don't forget about that. And Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, I care a lot about Taylor Swift. But anyways, they, yeah, they... They sell these pieces of technology. It works, but yet they don't put it in their own products. Like this thing, if they are selling facial recognition, this is a perfect way to have thousands. And I mean, they probably do use the data. It's thousands and thousands of screenshots training their facial recognition system. But part of the social contract or the tech contract is like, if I'm letting Google put this camera in my house and then analyze all these photos of my house, then make the damn product work. Yeah, Otherwise, why yeah. am I giving you... All this training data and then also paying for your product monthly and for the product. Yeah, that's it's crazy. like you're doing all of that. Plus, you know that they're using they're not probably not using it nefariously, but they're using all the camera input, all the all the identifications of things to train their their facial recognition systems. Yeah. So they're getting something out of it. They're getting something out of it and you're paying for it. It does seem like 
it's a relatively straightforward machine learning problem when you have both facial recognition, uh, not necessarily recognizing who the face is, but that it is a face versus not a face. Yeah. And also pose estimation. Is this a human pose? Is this not a human pose? So some, some combination of those two together should get you pretty accurate information on whether or not motion in your home is yeah. a beam of light going across the wall, a cat, mm-hmm. a delivery person, yeah, a big and old I mean, piece of dust flying in front of the like that. That yeah. seems like a pretty straightforward thing that could be incorporated into the. Thing. Yeah, I'm not going to say that it's like an easy problem to solve, but we're talking. It's Google. We're talking about Google here. Well, it's it's within the realm of solvable problems. Like yeah. we know that is is something that like the the levels of facial identification, not identification, but facial recognition and pose estimation, both of those are really, really good. Mm-hmm. They've gotten really, 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 really good. And so yeah. the 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 next step for those kind of technologies is not to get better at pose estimation. It is combining those things together to go, that's a human on a hot dog. Yeah, and they've got all that. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what quite what it is with that product, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see how well the ring ones work. Um, I don't know if the ring ones are supposed to be indoors or not. I, I think, don't think they are. I think that they were working on indoor cameras before Amazon bought them. Yeah, they have indoor and outdoor security cameras. Mm. Yeah, ring is a bit more of a home security type of focused setup. But, I mean, that's what the one that I have is. I don't, I don't need it to like watch what my cat's doing in the living room while I'm gone. Although that, that is kind of funny though. It is funny. Sometimes she does funny stuff, but like I really just have it because I want to know like in the, uh, like if it were me, if I actually could have the video, I don't even need to, I don't ever watch the video of my living room. Like I don't need to see it. it. All it could be is a camera. That's like, there's a person in your house. Like, like what a motion sensor used to be. Yeah. There's motion in your living room, which the cat would just set off all the time. But like, all I need to know is, is there actually verifiably a person in my house right now? And then maybe I'll turn the camera on and see who it is. But I don't need the camera. I don't need to be able to see everything that happened in my living room all day. Yeah. I just need to know, was there a person and with relative accuracy? Or does yeah. it think there's a person, start recording, tell me, show me the video, then turn off? Yeah. Or go into like silent mode where like the camera's locally figuring out if it's a person or you know, sending a frame back to Google every 10 minutes to figure out, or whatever, not 10 minutes, but like every 10 seconds to figure out if there's a person, right? Like frame sampling, yeah. like whatever that is. But I don't need like every single frame at 60 FPS of my living room to be recorded. So I don't know. Do better. Do better, Nest. Yeah. The home <laughs> automation. That's, the home automation is good. Yeah. The home automation is good. I'm interested to see how it does in 2019. I'm interested to see what the next step is. Yeah, you know, one thing I've noticed about this MacBook. What's that? The backlit of the keys doesn't even light the whole key. The whole key. Like around the edge of the key or just in like, the middle? Yeah, the keys. I mean, everybody knows how bad these MacBook keyboards oh are. But it, if you look at it with the brightness all the way up, and then you kind of like could lower the, like if the lights turned off randomly. Yeah, it doesn't light up the whole like letter. That's really bad. And then depending on where the ladder places on the key, it's worse. It's pretty terrible. I really don't like this computer. We should do a whole episode on it. Although there is a rumor that there is a 
2019 update coming. I heard the the, the rumors, the, what do they call them? The ice lakes, the, the, the new 10 nanometer. There's a rumor that the MacBook Pros could pretend, and then this rumor comes out every year, so who knows? Because they, they the two, the release cycle of the new MacBook never really ties up with the new Intel chips, even though they, they, they do work together. But I think Apple's increasingly pissed off with Intel's release cycle. But the Ice Lake 10 nanometer chips are supposed to come out sometime around when the next MacBooks are coming out. And they have an upgraded GPU that's supposed to be, I think they said it's like four times faster than the current generation of on-chip graphics. Graphics. So, the like, graphics isn't, has never been the problem. It's always the, the thermals. Right? Yeah. And you make a, a laptop. Granted, it is extremely thin. It is. Oh, yeah. It's super thin. It's and super light. Nice to look at. But when you start doing things like sacrificing a functioning keyboard, sacrificing enough thermal performance to actually have the the full performance of something like an i9 latest generation i9 Intel well they, chip. they sort of fixed that but it's still this one still does get pretty warm and when you don't have enough room for a battery big enough to actually run these things like that's yeah. when it becomes a problem the battery does last pretty long i don't know there's certain things that like it does do okay like the battery i think on this one lasts longer than my 2015 and it's not because of its age. Like, I think it just lasts longer. Well, the, the batteries on these are only slightly bigger. I mean, they should be a lot bigger. I think they should be a lot bigger. If they, if they weren't so ungodly thin and they weren't like a... Because you open up one of these things and it's multiple cells. Yeah. I'm showing him in person, but you guys can't see. But there's like multiple cells in there that are connected. It's not like one big battery. But they do that because they want to make them ridiculously thin. Yeah, they're probably stacked on top of each other in there as well. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on, but it's not like one battery block like it could be. Like this thing could hold like a 4,000 milliamp battery if it was like, I don't know, 20% thicker. I don't know. But I do kind of like the design of the shape of the computer. We're talking about the the new 2017 the most MacBook, recent MacBook Pro. Is yeah. this, the, this is the Space Gray, yeah? It's the Space Gray. It looks really nice. It looks nice. It just doesn't work. And it has like an interesting, like, you remember how like on the old one, the, the air vent on the back yeah. was only vented out the back. They now vent them out of the side. So like if it's sitting against the back of your leg and you're typing and blocking this fan port, which is where most of the air comes from, it'll naturally come out of these sides. Which I think are the speakers. Still not enough to run that i9 though. No, I don't know. But. How many gigs of RAM you got in that thing? 16. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's a nice, it's a nicely designed device, which is always the case with Apple. But then there's just like so many things that make it not pro. Yeah, like, you're running, you're run, you're starting to run into the limits of nice design and also functionality. Yeah, and un unfortunately, I think the the pendulum is swinging a little bit too far in the nice design direction. I mean, it is very nice if you ignore the keyboard and you just get rid of the touch bar completely. Uh, it's garbage, like atrocious. Every single time I'm typing, I just like accidentally. You know how like with the key, you kind of run your fingers over it and then it won't. You can just touch trigger. a key without actually hitting. Yeah, the you key. can touch keys you without them. You cannot do that with the touch you bar. You cannot do it with the touch bar. It just immediately responds. So I'll be like typing something so i had to change it so it doesn't so i had it so it was the f keys for a while yeah but then when i was an intellij i would kind of like rest my finger like right over here ish and it would hit f1 100 times i do that too yeah and then it would hit it would open up 100 100 of the online documentation like i know i hit it like once and then somehow it opened up 45 windows of the intellij online documentation 
out. I don't know. I didn't hit it 45 times, but it was like, it was like 15 little windows. JetBrains, let us know what is going on there. No, it's the touch bar. I know. Don't blame that on JetBrains. They just have, they just, you hit F1 and the thing. We're sorry, JetBrains. We like you. Yeah. I love JetBrains. Sponsor the show. Yeah. I would love that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, there's like certain Mm. things, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like I have this computer for work and I was like, would I ever buy this computer? Absolutely not. Before I was like, no, now that I've used one, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, it's not a computer that I would want to own. I don't know what it is. Like it, it, and this is, so we're talking about, this is probably what the 2017, this is 27, I, late 2017, 15-inch MacBook Pro, Space Gray. It's the, tw- no, it's the 2018, 15-inch oh, so 2018. 2018. Okay. It doesn't even really matter. It's just this particular I'm saying, generation. So I was saying the retail on one of these is what, $2,800? Something like yeah, that. Something like that. After tax and everything, you're looking at three grand plus, and yeah. it doesn't have a functioning keyboard. I mean, you're you're going to pay the Apple tax, but it's just like, well, I mean, the Apple tax is one thing if you have a functioning machine. Like if this thing has a perfect keyboard and no touch bar and the amazing screen that it comes with and the beautiful space gray, the really nice big touchpad and the thinness and like it works the, really well. The then, yeah, difference that's great. of the bezels between like the corners of the screen is very appealing yeah, compared great. to the old one. It's like, it's really nice to use. It's yeah, just, but as, as configured as it currently stands, this thing is laughably overpriced. Yeah. But even, even you, you can get over that. If you use it for work, you can justify it. Especially if you're doing, if you're doing anything revolving around Apple, like if you ever have to work on react native or anything, you need an Apple computer. But if you're just like, if I was, if I knew in a given day that I was going to work with one technology that was ideally not Apple, I could probably get away with having a Linux computer, but you could just really stack up like a windows computer, just wipe it install Linux on it and be fine. But like the fact, this is the best computer for a developer who is mobile, uh, which is debatable if I am or not, but you know, if you're mobile and you need to happen to occasionally work on Apple stuff, but and you can justify it if you're actually, if it is your livelihood. Maybe. If it's your livelihood, yeah, but you say you're, you say can, you're freelance. But the thing is, you can only say that up to a certain level, right? If, that, if this laptop next year costs $10,000, are you still going to be able to? to we, oh, well, I'm saying there, there has to be an upper limit as to where you can continue to justify the cost. I mean, right? Apple's really getting. It's getting there, right? It's getting, no, they're getting like murdered right now because of their pricing scheme. Like they're. It's crazy. But it's people insane. Say, people keep some. They don't. They're not. Them. They're not. They're not buying their phones. They're. They're. I don't know. We'll see. I almost think I have a secret conspiracy theory to where I think that um, they're doing it almost as like a because they want to go viral, right? When mm-hmm. when the i when the i nine version first came out, and they were oh no, this is previous to i nine. Even when the twenty eighteen the the previous one came out, and there were quote unquote overheating issues. I was on YouTube and I was looking for people's responses to this. I, I found the original video that discovered this by uh, Dave2D. He's awesome. Go check him out. Uh, but I saw another video of a person who was doing a review and this person goes, oh, I have to find out whether or not this is a thing. So I went to the Apple store and I bought four of them. I mean, I guess if you can do that. And this person did not return any of the four that this person bought. 
So it's like, oh, great. You went from zero sales to four sales because of the fact that it's overheating. Like, really? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's our one worst of the year at the MacBook Pro. Yeah, I'm going to say it's the worst of the year. I would say it's pretty. It, it, the thing is, it's like it's like one of those things where I don't know if it's uh, it's so easy to be like it is literally the worst. Like, it's just there's just it's just there's just some debatable things about it. Like, could it be a great computer? I don't know. A fully stocked one is five thousand one hundred eight dollars and thirty seven cents though That's with tax, Apple Care. And it's, but it's the same thing as this, just with a Vega, which you don't really need. I was just saying what it would cost. 32 gigs of RAM, which you probably do need. And the yeah. i9, which I guess is nice, but... It throttles, like... No, it doesn't. They fixed that. I don't know if they did. They did. It stopped. It's it, There was an actual error on the, the the software that was running, whatever. I don't It was It was basically jumping, like uh, micro. It was micro adjusting. Mm. And then they fixed that. And it seems to be better. But yeah, it's still going to throttle because you're... You're packing an i9 into a tiny little case. If you really want that much performance on a computer, don't buy a laptop. I mean, it's that simple. It would be half as much of this. Not if you're buying an Apple, but like if if you needed like that much power out of a computer, don't buy. Don't or buy. Or just buy it. an Epic Pro. Yeah, but then you can't code. I don't know. Our lives are so hard. You can't code on them. Like you, you can't. I love my iPad. Um, I think they're really cool. I use it occasionally, but to do correspondence type stuff, but. I just can't, I can't do my job from it. No. So I don't know. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my, this is my hot take. Apple MacBook Pro 2018 version, worst of the year. It, because of the size of the expectations and the, how far short it came. I just don't think it's, I don't think it should ever have been called a pro computer. No, like, why so. would you, you, why would you try to make like, they need to bifurcate their lines. They have like this line of computers that are supposed to be impossibly thin, impossibly light, really well performance for the price. This should be the MacBook 15 inch in its current state. Yeah. It should not be a pro. What a pro should be is the same computer as the 2015 MacBook Pro case with the same keyboards debatable because they do believe in this keyboard. I think it's garbage, but they do believe in this keyboard. This is what they they like, they what they want for whatever reason. But the pro computer should have ditched the touch bar or at least made it not remove the function row. Give me an option. Well, you can move it one level up and keep the function row. So it's like there is a touch bar here at the top of the thing, but it's not part of the keyboard. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. do something different with it. Different kind of keyboard. They're going to have to do that regardless because it's garbage. And then just make it thicker. Give it way more battery. Give it an i9. Make it a Give pro it a better computer. video card. Make it a pro computer. Charge whatever you up want for it, and nobody, nobody will say a word. They'll just pay for it. Put They'll up to 64 gigs yeah. of RAM. Like, just deck the thing out. And actually put ports on it. That's the other thing. Yeah, They could ports. have four Thunderbolts on the left side, but on the right side, there should be HDMI, USB-A, old Thunderbolt, SD slot. SD slot. Like, all that stuff should be there on the right side. The left side could be four Thunderbolts. And for the love of God, make a MagSafe that's USB-C. Like, out of the box, the, the one that it comes with should be a detaching mag. Like, even if they can't put MagSafe on the device, they should have made the USB-C cable that came with it a MagSafe. Yeah, they'll charge you $80 for that. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It just should have MagSafe. It should come with it, yeah. It should, they could charge an extra 80 bucks for it, but it has to have MagSafe. Like, they had that in every Apple MacBook 
for the past like 15 years. MagSafe is one of the best things that Apple ever came up with. Yeah. The first time that my girlfriend got one of these things, I almost tripped over her over her cord and, and pulled destroyed her. her life. Yeah, probably. But like, it, it's like the first chance that you get to deal with the computer without MagSafe. You're like, why does it not yeah, have that? Like they sh- that's what we call a regression. Yeah, and and their argument is well, we wanted one port. You know, Johnny, I've wanted the two ports on the left. Great, make the cable have MagSafe. Yeah, there's third party cables that have MagSafe. They're not very good, but that's what Apple does. They solve those problems. They like they make the perfect cable that has MagSafe built in. The power decouples, whatever. Like that's what they do. The little indicator light. The little indicator that's light. Perfect. Yeah, you know when it's charging. You know when it needs power. Like, remember back in the day, the ones that had the button and it showed you how much battery they had. Yes. Yeah, that went away. But that went away a while ago. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it's it's up there, but I don't know if it's like. I, I would say that it is the failure of the year. I mean, everybody does really dislike it, but they still buy it. I mean, but that's for other reasons. Like, I, I don't think like their marketing people would correlate. Well, people are still buying MacBooks and it's like, well, yeah, they're buying them because they're developers who work on your apps because yeah. they have to. That's or why they buy your pro computers. You know, professionals or content creators who don't have other options. Yeah. But I don't think that it's like that they they have a win here. There's a win in certain aspects. There is a making of a great computer here. But what's great Maybe. about it is what every Mac that's been unibody aluminum has been since they made unibody Macs. It's not like there's anything intrinsic in this computer that is great. It's just it improves upon certain things that have been around for 10 years. Yeah. Like the thinner bezels of the screen, naturally. The larger touchpad, which I don't really get this personally. Yeah, it's starting to get to the point where it interferes with where your hand sits yeah. on the actual thing. Because I, I am the person that I, have I pretty always big hands. sit. Look I always how, rest my yeah. uh, fingers oh, in that gap. between the space bar and the yeah, top of the touchpad. And I also rest my fingers down here below the bottom. And then also my palms, because I'm a very... Like my palms get down into that touchpad quite a bit. That thing is massive. I mean, that I thing have, looks like a I have like really an big hands, and it's it. almost the size of my hand. Granted, I think bigger is better, but there is there's a limit in usability. I so. think this is too big. Like when I first enabled the you know the right click in the corner thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't activate even right here. It's only over here. I'm it's showing really you. Strange. It's very strange. So like, it's not using the extra space of the. Yeah, this, this is where it would be on the old one, like right about here, just from experience with knowing the computer. It'd be right about here is where the right click would be. It's down here. Yeah. Like all the way over here. Greg, can you explain to our listeners what you're doing? <laughs> I'm touching the touchpad inappropriately. I'm so he's basically to find saying the right click hitbox is all the way down in the bottom right hand corner rather than being kind of in this. Yeah, because the thing's so big. Right it's like of it. it's like it's the size of his phone. Oh my goodness! It's bigger than my X Max. Anyways, the touchpad. I gotta take a picture of this. It's huge. You can put that in the show notes. It's gigantic. We're putting this in the show notes. Actually, wait. Let me flip my phone over because my phone's screen is dirty. Doesn't matter. There we go. No, you, we Apple, take you Apple people are dirty. It's fine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. The touchpad, the touchpad on this MacBook Pro is bigger than his X Max, Max with size, a case on it. With a case on it, phone. That's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, 
Greg, where can all the Apple fanboys send you their hate mail and hate tweets and telling you you're wrong on the internet? Uh, it's Greg at me.com. That's that. Is it mobileme.com? Do you yeah, have one just of those? Kidding. No, I never had one of those. <laughs> but I was just, you know, there's somebody named Greg who has a me.com account. Oh, God. And he's going to be, they're going to be like, oh man, you really hate it. He's like, I'm still using mobile me. I love Mac. What are you talking about? Terrible. Yeah. Greg is at Gregorski on Twitter. Send him all your hate tweets there. Yeah. I'll, well, if one comes to me, you'll let me know because you'll yes. be watching. I will keep an eye on your Twitter. Yes. Yeah. That's thank true. you. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. You can, add, you can add the show as well at a public function on Twitter. We post there uh, every time a new episode goes out. Uh, so definitely follow us there to find out. If you need to get in touch with Craig, add us there and we'll let you know how to get in touch with Craig. Yeah, I'll be in my hermit zone with yeah. my supercomputer doing Event- eventually. Craig, stuff. You'll you'll have enough mentions where you'll be like, "Oh God, I get on, I gotta get on this." We'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. So send all your Apple hate mail there. I'm at Al Park A L Park on Twitter. We're at publicfunction.show. Email us hello at publicfunction.show. Tell us how wrong Greg is on his opinion that the MacBook Pro is the worst of 2018. Hmm. I doubt that's going to happen, but... I think it's going to happen. People are going to tell me that I'm wrong. I think that... I'm like, you know, the funny thing is... About, I actually, about Apple. That's, that's well, the kicker. That's you would usually tell me that I'm a fanboy. I don't think I am, for one. But two, like... I, I, I'm, I've, I like Apple's products, right? But I got this laptop because of another story about how my other one did some weird stuff that I don't want to get into with locking itself. Um, I just verifiably don't like it. It's not like I'm like a fanboy, a fan hater or whatever. Like I just don't, there's certain things about this computer that I don't like. And it's like, it's not like I'm being like, Oh, hot take Apple's Mac laptops suck. It's, they don't it's, suck. It's, it's just, there's things that suck about it. It's because it's not a good computer, Greg. Maybe there are a lot of ways that's not a good computer. And See, I just transferred this into They're all going to add you. That's fine. Yeah. Come on down folks. I've had this opinion for a long time. I, we, we've been talking about this literally since this new generation came out and it's been the subject of conversation. It, it, actually, there's a case to be made that our conversations about this new MacBook Pro is where this whole podcast came from. Yeah. Greg, see you next week. See you next week.